It's Friday the 9th of December. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. We are joined, of course, a little later on, Shano, by the great Shad mm. Wicker. But I love a Friday. There's something about a Friday, isn't there, that just has an air of magic about it. It's, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I've got my, uh, my middle daughter, Abigail. It's her uh, graduation mm. dinner on tonight. So she's finishing year six to go off to high school next year. So she's very excited. She has a new outfit. She's looking forward to it. I saw that lovely photo that Lorraine posted of you and the family looking spectacular. So all the very, very best with that. As we mentioned, it's Friday. Shad Wicker is here. We've got a whole lot of sport to talk about. We've got to break down what happened in the cricket first. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Afternoon sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Three for 330 after day one of the day-night test match in Adelaide. Shane, I watched a fair bit of this, and when you have got your reserve wicketkeeper coming on a second-change bowler, things aren't looking up, are they, for the West Indies? WTF. Like, what is going on out there? That, that, that was some of the worst um, pedestrian bowling I've ever seen in a test match, and they just didn't really look in the game at all. Like we said after the first test in Perth, you had to give it to their batsmen. They they, they really rallied. They, they did get the job done in the end, but they still scored 300-odd in the second innings, and they fought pretty hard on a wicket against a very good attack. And then their bowlers come out and do that on day one with a pink ball. Oh, it just wasn't good enough. And look, you've got to give it to Marnus Labuschagne. He is just in the form of his life. Um, the first, uh, well, one of only a couple guys to to get uh, 300s in a row against the West Indies, um, which is a great mm. achievement in itself. But to get 200, 100, and then to be 100 not out overnight again. Um, and Travis Head, he missed out with 99 in Perth, but uh, to get 100 for him in front of his home crowd was a big effort as well. Yeah, and they were, they were bowling pies. They really were. I mean, the, the oh, only way you can say it, like that spinner that came on yep. so early. Anyway, oh. um, look, what about this uh, story that was circulating around the Adelaide Oval and all through the cricket world? Uh, David Warner's manager saying that the players were told to ball tamper back in 2016. Now, this is quite a few years ago now when you look at it, and we have the South African team um, mm-hmm. coming out. Uh, for the three-test series starting in Brisbane in a week or so? So I predicted this a year ago, Tim. Mm. I said it would come out once David Warner retires. And I think Cricket Australia, that they're fools first first and foremost, but I think they had the chance to really 
do that review privately and let him allow him at least to have the uh, opportunity to captain. But they haven't done it. They've tried to do it publicly. They've stuffed it up. And James Erskine, who is David Warner's manager, is a rabbit dog, mate. He's, he's aggressive. He's very, very, very mm. clever and very smart to the point where we actually employed James Erskine many moons ago to go into bat for us to negotiate our um, – our, our, our pay uh, against Creed Australia, and he did a fantastic job. And he is, is generally angry, and he says that his client in Dave Warner has been treated poorly, and he said, the truth will come out. Let me tell you, this is not going to go away, and there's going to be some very, very nervous current players at the moment, including a current captain, a former coach, a former bowling coach, a CEO, and a high-performance manager that will be really, really worried about what's going to come out post David Warner's retirement. Yeah, watch this space. Now, Ricky Potting, yep. he's had an eventful couple of weeks, of course, the health scare, and he was choking back tears uh, in giving Shane Warne an emotional tribute, the late, great Shane Keith Warne, who uh, has been elevated in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I actually really thought, Tim, that I, I dealt with the Warney thing. And um, when I read the words from Ricky Ponting, um, I got a bit choked up. I, I just want to just, just read a quick thing that uh, Ricky Ponting said here. And he said about Warney, he said, he's the ultimate competitor, star power, never beaten, reliable, accepting and caring, infectious smile, the life of the party, larrikin, generous beyond peer. His achievements, passion and knowledge of the game was something to behold, man, myth, and now legend. I love you, mate. And I'm like, geez, that, that really got me. It was, um, yeah, it's, it cut pretty deep. And uh, as I said, I thought I'd dealt with that, but uh, but obviously not. But, um, yeah, he will be missed, and it's obviously affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. He was such an easy guy to hang out with, wasn't he? I remember when you mm. and I were yep. with him at the Ivy. Remember Brett had that little bit of a shindig after one of the days of the Test Cricket a couple of years yep. ago? And Warney, you know, there was all sorts of people there, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. And Warney was just there, and he, he just, you know, he, he, he just – didn't have you know he had a time for everyone he was just he's a very relaxed guy wasn't he he was yeah he's life of the party and he always made people feel good mm. and he was very generous and um yeah and uh yeah to be elevated to, to legend status yeah i just wish some sometimes they would think about doing this when people are actually alive yeah, so they can enjoy it and 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 be respected whilst whilst they're still here yeah gone too soon god rest his soul yep. now now changing pace did you see this vision of the brazil press officer like, I mean, what's a cat doing in a in a media conference anyway? But like like a proper feline cat is uh, up on the desk for the media conference. But it was the manner in which the press offer press officer got rid of the cat. He's just grabbed it by the the back of the neck and just thrown it off the top of the desk. Uh, it certainly got people upset on social media. Mate, that is no way to handle a pussy. Boom, tish. <laughs> Boom, tish. There's all sorts of Brazilian jokes you could go from there, isn't there? <laughs> we grabbed it by the first. It wasn't Brazilian. What about the lack of respect in tennis as we move on? Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios. Now, this is quite a change of pace, obviously. Um, he's blown up about the whole Davis Cup thing, Nick Kyrgios. Oh, goodness. It was a close shave, that. <laughs> uh, Nick, yeah. Um, angry again. Let's call it there for today, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Nick, Brazilian cat, we've had it all, but we've got to get more because up next, it's our man, Chad Wicker. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. 
John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Thank God it's Friday, and thank God we have the great Shadwick, a Brisbane comedian, on board. How are you, Shad? Mate, I'm good, fellas. I'm good. How are you guys doing? The week is almost over. Well, it's over for Tim. This is Tim's last show for the year, the lucky bugger. But, oh, uh, my Lord. Yeah, and then the road trip on Monday with the whole family. We were just talking about that off air and just hoping that everyone behaves themselves rather than... A, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's Oy. three boys, three boys in the back seat, mate. That we oh, definitely no, punch up. Girl and two boys. Thank God she's a bit of a moderator, but uh, oh, it's a bit tougher when you're in a car, hey, rather than being on that, you know, on that uh, half a million dollar yacht that you travel through the Bass Strait on, hey. You are so full of shit. <laughs> you can't send them to the quarters. You're a ridiculous human, you are. As you as you look out on the bloody Brisbane River in your palatial uh, penthouse. Now, Shad, en- enough enough of your um, exuberant lifestyle. What about the AFL oh, Magic mate. Round. What do you think of oh, all this? Mate, I'll tell you what, how to stuff up a key event in mm. three weeks. <laughs> mate, man, first off, you you know, the NRL must be sitting there being like, bloody hell, we, we must be killing it right now because everyone wants to copy us, which is great. That's fair enough. But um, which the Magic they copied Round, from someone else. Well, yeah, very fair. But <laughs> but the Magic Round is like a great like idea for the AFL. It's going to be huge. They already have gigantic crowd numbers anyway. This will be spectacular. But naming it seems like the easiest part of the job, right, when you think of the logistics around sending all these teams everywhere. But they have managed to cock it up something fierce. So they've called it, mm. I'm sure you've seen, uh, Gather Round. <laughs> Gather round, everybody. Sounds like a bloody Hillsong sermon that we're going to see ScoMo at, not an AFL tournament. I was like... Grandpa's not well. Everyone gather round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on down. Grab a cup of tea and a scone. Gather round and watch some AFL, everybody. It is the worst name. And the thing that blew my mind was that they somehow let this leak out, which is so dumb. They've released some of the suggested names that fans had for them. And a bunch of them sound better. <laughs> like so, obviously. But who's round? We were all we were all thinking that like it was going to be called the big one, which compared to gather round seems better immediately, right? One of the other <laughs> the names one. that was floated was mega round, which is already infinitely better than gather round yep. as well. Another one was just calling it the festival of footy, okay. which also would have been way better than gather round. Whoever has called it this, because they're stuck with it now. Like you can't you can't change the name now that you've stuck with Gather Round. I think because the name is so awful, I'll give it maybe two years and then they'll get rid of it for a year and then come back with a new name. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah some pretty pretty uh, pretty interesting brainstorming there. It's um, the dub- even McLaughlin mm. said in a in a press conference he was like the hardest thing we're having at the moment is trying to name the thing. That is so dumb. Yeah, in his mellifluous <laughs> tones. Now Shad um 
Back to last week. What's going on? Talk, talk about gather round. What's going on at the Dallas Cowboys oh, this week? Mate, I will talk about this last week with uh, Odell yeah. Beckham Jr., who's touring around uh, NFL teams like he's a college graduate mm. that people want to get on their team. Uh, he went to the Dallas Cowboys for a visit. You and I were talking about it. You were pretty adamant that you reckon he was mm. going to go there. It seems like the big uh, and like a, just a done deal. Uh, it has now been revealed and kind of leaked, which I find fascinating is that uh, the Dallas Cowboys have looked at his knee, so he's been coming back from an ACL injury that he had in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, and they've actually had it leaked out that they're not happy with where his knee's at and that he might not even Ooh. be capable of playing this season, which would mean the Dallas Cowboys wouldn't want to sign him. People are already conspiracy theory going, this is probably the Cowboys trying to drive his number down by making mm-hmm. other people not want to sign him. But you've played in, you've played in professional sports, uh, Shano. Is there like... Have you ever been in a situation or seen a situation where a team would leak or let out information about your medical situation? Like, that seems pretty on the nose for a team to do that. The only one that I found hysterical is when um, Shoa Bakhtar, the, the Pakistani fast bowler, he got caught um, in a nightclub, uh, hippie club in Perth before a test match. I think Hayden got 380 or something over there. <laughs> And um, so he, he was a disgrace. And then he said it was um, a very good resemblance, but it wasn't him. So then the medical team announced that he had uh, genital warts. What? <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> what has that got to do with playing the cricket? No. Unless you're sharing the cup. I guess maybe that's what you've got to let people know. Nothing, but he, but he let Pakistan down, so he, they thought they let him down. That is, <laughs> that is unreal to let out. <laughs> Poor old Shower. Now, what about Dana White? He's not a fan of football, obviously. Mate, I feel like uh, Dana White's getting slammed at the moment because uh, some footage, old footage, mind Mm. you, has been uh, released Mm. or leaked uh, of uh, him in a podcast. It looks like he was in a podcast or an interview, and he was talking about the merits of sports that he likes and he doesn't like. And one was he was talking about hockey, actually, and how he respects the game of hockey even though he doesn't quite enjoy it. And Mm. then he goes on a rant about football, soccer, the world game. And he says that he absolutely hates the game of soccer and he said that football players must be the least skilled athletes in the whole sporting world. But his argument is the same argument that I'm sure we've heard an old man at the pub say to us a million times, which is you get paid millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in Mm -hmm. some cases, and you can't kick the ball into this giant square or rectangle. And that was his whole argument. He's like, they, they've tried to kick it in this big space and they keep missing it. He's like, how bad are they? And his other comparison was three-year-olds can start playing soccer. So that says a lot about the sport. I'm like, man, don't go to Brazil and say that. <laughs> who, who are the greatest athletes, do you think? Uh, I reckon ballet dancers are right really? there. I'm really? not joking either. Yeah, you Rudolph Nureyev. They, they are some of the greatest athletes on, on the planet, I reckon. I think, like, I mean, UFC obviously comes to, like, he gets to talk from atop of his, you know, pedestal because it's like UFC is such a brutal sport that encompasses, you know, strength, getting punched in the face and cardio. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like basketball players are pretty athletic when you think of, mm-hmm. like, they're basically doing sprints the entire time and they're doing leaps. That would kind of be where I think the the best athletes are. A lot of people would want to probably say NFL in the Americas, but it's hard for me to say that American NFL players are the greatest athletes when they get a break for extended periods of time. I reckon it'd be hard to go past AFL, to be honest with you. Um, You are right, actually, because look look at the Ks that they're racking up every game. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. They're probably – 
I would say AFL. Yeah, why not? We're the best. Yeah. Well, it's basketball with a marathon in between. <laughs> That's very true. I and, and mate, not to outdo tennis players as well that are basically running an Ironman every time they play on the court. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, but yeah, it really does start to knock soccer down a peg. Actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> I mean, cricket is nowhere. Cricket is basically watching council workers look at a pothole. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. Darts yeah. players didn't enter the conversation, did they? Now, what, what about um, what about Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, look, he's had such an amazing career. Um, money everywhere, rivers of gold. Of course, it all turned south at Manchester United. Oh, it's man. not. I mean, Portugal's going great in the World Cup, but it's not all going well for him. Are we? Are are we seeing the end? I mean, he's you know he's closer to forty than thirty. He's you know it's a lot of lot of drama going around the great Cristiano. I reckon what what's happened for my, for mine watching what's happened with Ronaldo this World Cup, the Man United drama happened right, and you kind of at first mm. were a little bit like oh he dropped a pipe bomb in that interview, but you were still kind of up in the air about maybe they are being a bit disrespectful to Cristiano Ronaldo. And then you see his behaviour with Portugal when he gets benched and Ramos goes on and scores a hat-trick, which makes it look like the best decision ever. And his attitude mm. after that, storming off while the team was celebrating, his wife coming out and like saying that it was a bad idea to have him on the bench, even though the team won like 6-1, um, it makes it actually <laughs> look like that he is a problem. He is a bit of a yep. whinger and maybe one of those players that, you know, when you're the greatest for such a long period of time and you dedicate yourself to that sport, it's hard for people to let go that they're not the best anymore. It looks like he's a little bit spat the dummy too much trouble. And you talk about his career being over. If the A-League boss, uh, old Danny, is got any truth to his words, which I think he's lying through his teeth, but when he said that Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> was genuinely considering the A-League, if that's true, then yeah. yes, his career's over. But he's he's set yeah. to sign. I mean, the rumour is that he'll have it signed by the end of this World Cup as soon as Portugal get eliminated. Uh, a half a billion dollar contract with a Saudi team. Yep. So, I mean, I don't care if he's close to the age of 40. I mean, his money is getting close to the side of a trillion, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, no, it's unbelievable. And what about this story that's uh, been around this morning? Of course, Brittany Griner, the WNBA player, um, prisoner mm. swap. I know we don't want to get too political, but uh, he, he doesn't seem much of a bloke he's, she's being swapped for. Well, yeah, I mean, you've gotten a WNBA player for a arms dealer in the trade. Called the and Merchant I'm, of Death. The Merchant you know? of Death. And I tell you yeah. what, if this was an NFL off-season trade, You'd be sitting there going, who won the trade, right? <laughs> who, who was the person who won the trade? Uh, for me, I think it's Russia. I think the merchant of death, you know, he's, he hasn't played for a few years, but I feel like he'll get back on the court and he'll be fine. And she uh, came to be a three-pointer. Yeah, she came to be a three-pointer at the moment, guys. We don't know how well she's going to be able to play. I mean, is she going to be back in the WNBA? I'm not sure. Uh, but I think this is the worst trade. than Like, the Denver Broncos are looking at this being like, bloody hell, we, we have done a worse trade for Russell Wilson, I reckon. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> That is funny. Oh, oh Shad, uh, where are you this weekend if someone wants to uh, have a belly laugh? Oh, boys, I'm not doing much this weekend, but uh, 16th mm. of December, if you are in uh, Brisbane, I'll be doing a show, Shad and Pete Save the World, for the last one of the year, and then hitting the road in the new year, uh, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide and Perth, doing Shad and Pete Save the World and my new solo show, um, How I Almost Killed a Guy. So if you want to check that go. out, just follow me on socials. You'll see where I'm going to be next. Brisbane's merchant of death himself. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great Christmas, mate. I won't talk to you before then. It's been a wonderful year. No worries, mate. Hey, you enjoy it, okay? You, you deserve it, I guess. <laughs> Good, Chad. See you, mate. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you goes to Shad Wicker. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsors, Shana. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. <laughs> And the, 
<laughs> That's that guy. It's been a funny old program. And a wonderful thank you to the great Dan McHugh, our producer. We're back on Monday with your daily dose of sport. <laughs> See you then, guys. Take care. Sport. You want something different for your next client event? How about a live podcast? The team at the Afternoon Sport Group love an audience, so why not add some star factor to your next occasion? Get the guys talking shop at your next event. For more information, email hello at afternoonsport.com.